Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Apples. I've been talking about Leon Tailoring for nearly 20 years now. That's right, 20 years I've been talking about the good folks at Leon Tailoring. Whether it's Larry, Norm, Kim, Judy, whether it's their ready-made items, whether it's their custom-made items, or whether it's their tailor-made items, you can trust Leon Tailoring. Leon Tailoring, they've been great folks. They've been around for more than 100 years and some change. I've only been talking about them for 20, but trust me, head over to Leon Tailoring and they'll take care of you, just like they've taken care of me for the past two decades. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown town indianapolis well it is the middle of the year and so we've been hurt to do a public safety check and so joining us on the news line is no stranger to these airways a good friend ryan mears Marion county prosecutor ryan my friend how you been doing lately i'm doing pretty well it's great to be back on the air with you uh thank you my friend so uh how would you assess uh how public safety has been so far this year in marion county well, I think you have to look at a couple of different metrics uh, in, in order to kind of determine where we are at. Uh, in terms of where we are in the courtroom, uh, we've enjoyed tremendous success in the courtroom. Uh, just this past week, we convicted two separate individuals of murder, uh, which means we have now won uh, 28 out of 29 homicide trials that we've done this year. Uh, that 28 is to the lead charge of murder. Those aren't lesser included or anything like that. Uh, and that's really important to me because I think it demonstrates that the community uh, is certainly supporting what we're doing. You know, when you go to a jury trial, it's 12 random people from the community who are kind of assessing the work that you've done at the prosecutor's office, the work that you've done uh, with your law enforcement partners. And 28 out of 29 times, they've said uh, that we're bringing the appropriate cases to trial and have vindicated us with a guilty verdict. Uh, I think the, the challenge that you see is we've got to improve the solve rate and the solve number as it relates to homicide cases. Uh, I was talking to Deputy Chief Adams today uh, about this issue, but I think that's one of the areas where we really need to improve so we can end this terrible cycle of retaliatory violence. Uh, Ryan, let me ask you, uh, because in that uh, in that uh, getting people to cooperate, uh, what is it, is it going to take? Because obviously there's only so much that police and prosecutors can do. Uh, but obviously it's going to take the sort of the community's help and community's effort to, 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 solve, to solve a lot of these uns unsolved crimes, so to speak. I think a lot of it just comes down to how can we build that, that relationship uh, and make sure that relationship has a foundation of trust. Uh, there are just too many people who uh, indicate that they just don't have that trust with law enforcement and don't want to come forward with that information. And that's something that we consistently hear. Uh, just this week, I, I met with some uh, young people in our community who are future leaders in the community, and we talked about that issue of trust. Uh, and that, that, that's an issue that is really pretty per pervasive. And, and so I think it's really important uh, for everybody to make significant investments in those relationships that we have with people in the community, uh, because if they have that information, I think uh, IMPD and the prosecutor's office has demonstrated that if you give us the information, we're going to be a, in a position to get a conviction on these very serious crimes. Uh, the challenge is how can we get people to come forward? And, and I think it's also important to recognize when we talk about these issues of trust, these are longstanding generational issues. These, these didn't develop overnight. Uh, they have been in existence for quite some time. And so it's really important that we take the long view and the long-term approach. Okay, we're, we're working against, uh, you know, a significant history here of, of a lack of trust and a lack of communication. Uh, and so we're not going to solve this overnight. We need to continue to make those investments uh, to make sure that we can reestablish trust with people in our community. Uh, Ryan, uh, uh, at the, as the end of June last year, we're under like 100 homicides, which is about 10 percent down uh, from last year, uh, still on track for another almost like 200 by the end of the year. Uh, what's going on in our community, do you think? 
I think one of the biggest challenges we see right now is we just see too many conflicts being resolved with gun violence. Uh, if, if you look at we've charged uh, around 30 people with, hom- uh, with murder this year, 11 of those individuals have never been arrested before. They have no criminal. They have no prior criminal history. And that means our first defense is, is a murder case. And, and so what we're seeing is there's just too many simple disputes and simple arguments that are resulting in people uh, becoming involved in gun violence. And I think the, the number of people that we are charging doesn't even tell the entire story because there's a number of people who have been cleared for uh, self-defense as we talk about these uh, homicide cases, uh, because a lot of times both parties are armed and, and both parties are in possession of a firearm. Uh, and so we're, we're dealing in a climate where uh, a lot of people are walking around with guns and a lot of people are using guns to, to solve their disputes. And as a consequence, we're seeing the, the homicide numbers uh, that we see today. Our guest on the program today is Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Marisota doing an assessment of public safety here on the program today. Uh, Ryan, uh, you, you mentioned uh, folks who run around, walking around carrying weapons. Obviously, Indiana, Indiana, Indiana is a permitless carry state or constitutional carry, whichever phrase uh, you want to use. How is that uh, major job easier, more difficult to do? Well, I think it's definitely made it more difficult because what people don't realize is every time someone arrested someone for a handgun without a license, uh, that gun, you know, we, did, we just didn't sit on that gun in the property room. We tested that firearm against every single uh, unsolved non-fatal shooting and every single unsolved homicide case. And that allowed us to generate suspect information that provided leads to detectives that we were able to follow up on and, and solve additional cases and mount successful prosecutions. And so that's a very valuable tool that's been taken away from law enforcement. Uh, I think the other thing that the permitless carry has has done is it has made it more and more difficult for law enforcement to be proactive, initiate proactive investigations when they see individuals with firearms. And so as a consequence, we're seeing fewer guns being taken off the street, uh, fewer guns being tested against these non-federal shooting and homicide cases, uh, and more guns uh, being in our community. And uh, that's certainly something that uh, law enforcement and the prosecutor's office is trying to work through to figure out what can we do, uh, given kind of the current legal climate and the current climate of everybody uh, seemingly in possession of a firearm in public. Uh, Ryan, uh, in addition to uh, sort of that permitless carry, I, I guess uh, this is sort of a weird legal question, so work with me for just a second here. Uh, let's say, you know, two people, you know, get into an argument. You know, one one is uh, carrying permitless carry, the other one isn't. Uh, one punches the other one. Does that, uh, the fact that person had a weapon, uh, sort of complicate the charges or complicate the prosecution, or does it make the prosecution easier, uh, even though they even though they didn't use it, but they still had it on them? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a really fact-specific in, inquiry, but I mean, the president. It's, it's like a bar exam question, old friend. Yeah, it, it is. But I mean, the, 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 the a, a firearm in all of these situations heightens the tension of every single one of these confrontations. And people feel uh, like they have to act when they see the presence of a firearm. And, and so what we are seeing is that, that it increases the level of tension uh, that, are, that are involved in these disputes. And people have a tendency to act more aggressive, not less aggressive, when firearms are, are involved. And so even if you clear somebody on, on self-defense and say, hey, your, your actions were justified under the law, uh, that's really not much salt. You know, that doesn't help that family that just lost someone. Uh, and, and that's really the challenge that, that we see and what we're dealing with is just because someone was cleared of, of uh, a shooting doesn't mean that shooting needed to happen, had to happen, and certainly doesn't diminish the loss that that family is experiencing. And I think those are always important things to keep in mind when we have these conversations 
uh, about the the presence of firearm in, in so many of these confrontations. Uh, Ryan, the city council uh, earlier this week uh, passed an ordinance that would, if the, if the legislature changed the law to, to eliminate permitless carry in Marion County, uh, make it uh, eliminate assault-style weapons, uh, and also to raise the age of purchasing a weapon from 18 to 21. There were some legal opinions out there that said the city can't do this, or even if even if they were waiting for the legislature. Uh, your thoughts on what the city council did this week? Well, I applaud the city council for, for taking proactive steps to, to try to address this issue. And I think the city council is looking to utilize every tool available to them to have an impact on, on public safety. Uh, it's a challenge for law enforcement when you are in a densely populated urban area uh, to have so many people with firearms, and in particular, uh, the assault-style weapons that you just mentioned. Uh, there's nothing prohibiting someone from walking around uh, with an AK-47 or an AR-15, and that public policy uh, candidly does not work in Marion County. Uh, in densely populated urban areas. We don't need people with AR-15s. We don't need people walking around with those assault-style weapons. Uh, and so for the city county council to, to take a vote on that, I think sends a strong message in terms of where the people in Marion County stand. And now I think the question becomes, you know, what, if anything, is the legislature going to be willing to do? Our guest on the program today is Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Mears. So as we sort of do a public safety assessment of public safety uh, here in Marion County. Uh, Ryan, um, one of the things that one of the big criticisms uh, that I've heard uh, lobbied against your administration has been sort of uh, not charging crimes, uh, sort of letting people go, plea deals, et cetera, not, not doing bail, blah, 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 blah. What, what's your response to that, my friend? Well, I think our, our record very clearly indicates that we are one of the most aggressive prosecutors offices in the entire state. Uh, it was the Marion County Prosecutor's Office and only the Marion County Prosecutor's Office that was prosecuting Glock switch cases. We took a very aggressive interpretation of the statute uh, to make sure that we were in a position to hold people accountable. Uh, as I previously mentioned, we've tried 29 homicide cases this year, and we've won 28 of them, uh, which demonstrates our commitment to being successful in the courtroom. Uh, we have a similar level of success as it relates to rape cases and child molest cases in terms of us going to trial. Uh, and so ultimately what we can control is uh, at the end of the day, how are we doing trial? And we're doing very well in trial. Uh, and for us, that's how we kind of evaluate. Uh, that's a good, to us, a good barometer of, of success. Uh, we're not the only people involved in the criminal justice system. There are judges, there's law enforcement agencies, there's a lot of people involved. Uh, but to, to say that uh, we are not holding up our end of the bargain when you look at the number of cases that we have filed, the success rate that we have had uh, in trial is, is significant. Uh, you know, just two weeks ago, we had four people, four different individuals who were sentenced to over 100 years in prison. Uh, that same week, we convicted uh, an individual of attempted murder on police officers. Uh, and I think that demonstrates our commitment to holding individuals accountable and also our willingness to go to trial. All right. Another question, too, I always wanted to uh, uh, ask you folks is, uh, what are you doing sort of in the in the crime prevention universe? Because obviously uh, prosecutors, police, you know, courts, they can react, but also uh, crime prevention is also a big part of uh, the fight against crime, particularly here in Marion County. 
so for us, it all starts with that with that level of trust. Uh, on on Monday, we're we're working and uh, we're actually going to do a basketball camp on the west side of Indianapolis, right there in Hallville, uh, to again build those relationships with individuals in the community, uh, provide young people hopefully with some leadership skills, empower young people, and hopefully put them in a position where they can be a leader uh, in their neighborhood on their block, uh, and also you know kind of share their uh, love for the game of basketball. The other thing that we're doing right now is uh, we just started our youth violence prevention fellowship and that's kids from all around uh, the city who are uh, less than 18 years of age working with us to help us better understand the challenges that young people are facing how we can better tailor our messaging to make sure that we reach out to those young people to give them conflict resolution skills what type of programming can we develop uh, to help make people uh, hopefully not turn to violence to resolve conflict uh, and keep people on the on the appropriate path Uh, and then as always, we have continued to invest in our second chance workshops. Uh, the last one that we did was at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, we're grateful for everybody in the in the legal community coming together to help us out so we could pull that off. And we were able to help people uh, not only with their driver's license and child support obligations, but help people get expungements so they can be gainfully employed so they're not discriminated against uh, as it comes to housing issues. Uh, because if we get people in housing and if they have jobs, we don't see people in the criminal justice system. Uh, when those things uh, are not present, uh, the likelihood of someone becoming involved in the criminal justice system increases uh, dramatically. And so we want to do everything we can to try to get people into housing and make sure that uh, they're in a position to work. Uh, and the more people who are working and who are who are housed, the fewer people we're going to see in the criminal justice system. Uh, my friend, I know uh, you guys have been uh, working on child support and child support enforcement. Uh, what's been going on in that area? So, you know, we, we started our Good Faith Initiative again to, to really try to help individuals who have those outstanding child support obligations uh, to basically work with them and say, hey, you tell us what you can pay. And what we will do is we will reinstate your driver's license uh, and uh, work with us in terms of working towards that long term goal to, to make sure you're making payments. Uh, and it's been a tremendously successful program. Uh, we have more people paying into our child support system than it ever paid before. We are collecting more money than we have ever collected before. Uh, and it's a direct result of reaching out to people in the community, developing those community relationships to get people uh, involved in the system, uh, to make sure they're paying through the system. And what we have found is those initial $20 payments turn into $40, $50, uh, $100 payments as people become employed, as they you know develop a little bit of trust with the system as a whole. Uh, and so it's been a tremendous success and something that we want to continue to build on. Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Mears with us for a few more minutes on the program today as we sort of do an assessment uh, of public safety here in Marion County. Uh, Ryan, one of the, the big things uh, that you did uh, right prior to the, the last election was say you, you guys weren't going to prosecute like low-level, simple possession marijuana charges, saying that would free up resources. Uh, got some pushback from that. How has that all worked out? Well, I think it's been a tremendous benefit to the community. Uh, right now, if you take a look, our, our lab, our crime lab is overburdened uh, and overwhelmed with the amount of work that they have to do. And if you consider the, if we were to test uh, every possession of marijuana case, uh, I'm, the lab would likely shut down uh, under the volume of work that that would pose. Uh, it's a tremendous uh, financial 
uh, burden on the criminal justice system, on the prosecutor's office, on the public defender agency, uh, as well as the crime lab. And, you know, we're in the business of furthering uh, public public safety. And, and for us, the biggest thing is I want to focus those resources and that money towards violent crime. And I want to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to make sure our best prosecutors are handling homicide cases uh, and the prosecutors that we have available to us are working towards becoming homicide prosecutors one day. And being able to convict someone of possession of marijuana doesn't necessarily further that goal. And so it's really important to us that we focus on what's truly important. Uh, I'm proud of our conviction rate as it relates to homicide cases, as it relates to rape cases, as it relates to child molest cases. Uh, and But we have very finite resources. And uh, if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. And so for us, we're going to devote our attention to the most serious cases that have the most uh, clear nexus to public safety. And that's what we've done. Uh, and so we uh, feel like we're prosecuting uh, in a very intelligent manner where we're focusing on the cases that truly matter. Uh, and, and in addition to that, uh, also, uh, not wasting our time, energy, and resources on uh, cases like possession of marijuana. And so if someone's going to smoke a joint on their back porch, uh, I don't think that's necessarily an efficient use of resources from the prosecutor's office, the crime lab, the judiciary, or law enforcement. Uh, let's see what we can do to solve some of those homicide cases. Uh, uh, final question for you, my friend. Uh, the abortion issue, which is always a contentious issue uh, here uh, in Indiana. Uh, you got a couple things. you got uh uh, the, the the challenge for under religious freedom law, uh, the, the laws on hold, but the, the other laws in effect, uh, there's back and forth as to who can get an abortion, who can't. Uh, what is your position on this abortion issue? And uh, now the law is going to affect at least in, on August 1st for some folks. Uh, what's, what's the prosecutor's office position? Well, I just I, I, don't, I don't think it's appropriate for the, the legislature, and I just think it's bad public policy uh, to try to legislate and criminalize health care choices and health care decisions. Uh, that, that's, uh, again, you know, we have a number of challenges here in Marion County, uh, but doctors and nurses are not one of them. And and so that's not where our focus needs to be. Uh, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of room for us uh, to have an impact on our community as it relates to violent crime. That's where our focus needs to be. Uh, and we cannot start getting involved with uh, reviewing people's health care decisions. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I went to law school. The reason I went to law school is I wanted to help people and make a difference in my community. And one of the best ways to do that is to make sure that we're holding people who commit murder accountable, which we are doing. And that's where our focus is going to remain. All right. Well, our guests on the program today, uh, by the way, Ryan, uh, by the way, uh, our deepest sympathies this week to all of you folks in the public safety community uh, on the loss of like at least three police officers here uh, in Indiana. By the way, I wanted to make sure I said that before we wrapped up our conversation today. Thank you for mentioning that and just a, a heartbreaking situation that occurred uh, on, on Monday. And all of us are thinking of uh, Sheriff Forstall and his entire team as they're going through just a, a really difficult time. Ryan Mears, Mayor County Prosecutor. Ryan, my friend, as always, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.